Okay, everybody, welcome back to Talk of the Now podcast, and this is Gene back with you again, and there you are again, Jason. There I am. A different room every time. This is my office. It's your home office, yes. Uh, Ah, I like the fan. Yes, it's purely decorative. (laughs) Purely decorative. Very nice. I'm trying to do a little bit. I'm experimenting with setups here. Like I've got the, uh, my actual, um, you know, monitors behind me and Mm. I've got my Bob Ross calendar behind me. I see that. Yeah. And uh, a few other things for those that don't know, I'm a a Bob Ross fan, big Bob Ross fan. Uh, All happy happy little trees, Gene. Funny story about that. This past um, Christmas, like when you tell somebody or when you go to like, say a bookstore or something like that, and you see, you know, you go to the calendar section and you're looking at calendars. What What's like probably 50% of the calendars as far as like um, scenery or, you know, like um, cats, different cats. places to go? What do you see? Oh, <laughs> so, it's animals. But, um, uh, you know, you see primarily like castles, Europe, that kind right. of thing. Um, something something along that nature mm-hmm. exactly and so my mom was asking me every year you know i don't know if your mom does this you know what do you want what do you want for christmas what do you want to put on your list or whatever and i'll just name off some several things i'll just try to think of things you know that aren't too expensive or too or too hard to get or whatever you know mm-hmm. um besides underwear and uh she, like <laughs> this year i was like you know what i want i want a calendar that has scenery because i was like preferably like an irish you know, Irish background scenery. I mean, you see those like a dime a dozen in those stores, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Christmas time, uh, she pulled this one. <laughs> it was the Bob Ross. Like these are just paintings of Bob Ross. Scenery. Like, yeah, scenery paintings from Bob Ross, which hey. you know, it's a nice gesture. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah, you like Bob Ross, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was just one of the. She was like, "I'm sorry, I couldn't find one with the Irish paintings," and I was thinking to myself, "Really?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> like I feel like they've. If I if I'm not watching my head, I might hit one on my way over to the bathroom at a you know, right. Barnes and Noble yeah. or something, you know, yep. it's like they're yep. everywhere in those kind of stores mm-hmm. anyway. So that's uh, and I have a, um, I even did some YouTube and, uh, a little bit of research. They said, it's good to have ambient light behind you. So I got a little bit. Yes, of it is. Yes, it is. And it's uh, very good, Gene. It's, it's, yes. I'm trying to improve the studio quality of my, <laughs> which for I've done, some, I've done many of these studio interview shoots, like for the TV show. And it was like, yep, there's always a key light somewhere and you got this light. And it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, a lot of lighting, well, subtle, subtle differences. Yes. Maybe I'll get a green screen to make me look like I'm in a dungeon. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. Or in the Irish countryside, you know, there you go. Even better. So uh, what do you, what's been going on? Was, oh, do you want to talk about uh, last night at all? No, no, that's good. We're, no. we're, it's family friendly, Gene. Oh, no, you, no I'm kidding. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, no, no, I went on a. I, went I feel like I asked you if you. You could. I went on a. I went on a date, and I've been on a, a many dates with this person, and it, it seems like it's going well. And there we go. That's, oh, okay. the, that's the end of it. There you go. May May I ask um, what dining establishment you visited? Uh, we went to this uh, this Greek place. Can't remember the name of it because we're not supposed to be giving out business names anyway. Uh, um, we went Athens to this, Pizza. No, <laughs> they didn't pay you for that advertisement. That's true. Um, <laughs> uh, we went to this Greek place in Hamilton Mill, 
Um, and cause they got a cool little outdoor seating area. So we just, you know, we sat there and ate, talked for a while. It was good. Oh, it was very nice. I don't mind mentioning so, restaurants. I mean, I like five guys burgers. I don't mind. I don't it's mind actually, it's actually on the same strip with the five guys. It's funny you mentioned that. Oh, then I know exactly uh, where you're talking about. I've been yeah, right it's there. like a green place in the corner. Really good food and a ton of food for your money. Mm-hmm. So check Greek. it out next time you're in the way in the place. It's uh, this Greek place. People. Greek places do that. Uh, <laughs> it's this Greek place. Look for the five guys. And it's like three. It's right there. I think it's like Greek city or something. It's, it's up in something kind of cheesy name, but they're, they're actually some Greek people working there, which is makes it even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, well, that's like, reminds me of the one that's at um, Sugarloaf Mills. For somebody that's listening in Missouri, that makes no sense to them. But there's one in Sugarloaf Mills that was really good. I think that was called yep. something like Athens Pizza. And I Cusina. Think they, yeah, Cusina. Yeah, that's what I said, Cusina. They had, uh, no, they had, um, I think they actually had Greek ownership, which was kind of cool. Yeah, which makes it better. I mean, it makes, I mean, they obviously, they, they know mm-hmm. what they're doing. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was, so it was good. So good, the good stuff going. And there we go. There's, there's your synopsis. Well, very nice. Very nice. No ice cream or gelato afterwards. Oh Lord. No, there's no room for that stuff. After, <laughs> after you eat a meal, it's like, well, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Um, I, you know, you haven't even shown me, I mean, we've known each other for 20 plus years and you hadn't even shown me a picture of her or haven't don't really have a picture of her. Oh, you don't have a picture of her. Oh, huh. no. is she on the Facebooks? She may be. I don't. I'm not oh, okay. friends with her. She oh, you're not friend, like, friends not, with her on Facebook. New, 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 new. Don't. Hmm. Not, not committed to a relationship yet. So not going there, huh? Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I'm not, not going to make that mistake again. Anyway, um, well, we won't get into your past. Uh... Meanwhile, yes. <laughs> oh, back at the Hall of Justice. Yes, I, d- <laughs> I posted a podcast um, last night. By the way, did you? Yeah, I did a short synopsis on. Um, Kind of what I wanted, you know, an update on like how I felt about the podcast, how it was going and oh, nice. what I'm thinking about the future um, and a little bit, not so much this one as it was perhaps a branch of Talk of the Now podcast, which would be Ooh. a um, history podcast. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Because be I've been sort of dabbling in doing history podcast on this, yeah, but this one might include like Nothing but history. Like, I think it would be cool as I read books to just go, like, if I'm going through, I have a George Washington book, and I'd like to go through it and then just, you know, go through each and every, not chapter, but just sort of like his history. Talk about his history as it is, yeah, the truth of it, what actually happened. Because so much gets construed nowadays on the media. And, oh, know, yeah, man. That'd people be just say whatever they a, want to say. And you've got a passion for history, so that, that would be great. Yeah, you'd be teaching, Gene, which would be awesome. Oh, that's true. I um, last night I talked a little bit about um that, and I thought that it was going. I didn't really talk about the future of what we're going to do. We're going to just keep doing this, I guess, till we get tired of it. Um, but (laughs) till till we or one of us dies. There we go. (laughs) I I have yet to hear from uh, Jeff. Jeff. Um. Oh yeah, I saw him. Uh, yeah, two Saturdays ago. Yeah. Yeah, I need to email no. him a follow up to see if he last wants to Saturday. Come last on. Saturday at his son's graduation party. Oh, he had a graduation party for his son. Yeah, Lucci's graduated from high school. His so. name is Lucci. Luciano. Oh wow, that really is an Italian family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Luciano, Lene, and Liana. His ex was not Italian, though, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. The the, the mother of his children. It is. Correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I do want to get him on. I just got to follow up with him. I yep. um, 
I have, uh, or I also went over a brief, um, I guess you, you might actually be a little bit of an expert in this field, but I went a little bit into the um, broad history of broadcasting. Oh yeah. Um, I had to do many classes in that. Yep. Yeah. And, and I just kind of gave a few different names about, um, I went through a few different things of it and sort of how it's led into podcasting over time. Yeah. Kind of like how, you know, there was a time, okay, where you started out with radio and there was just like a few radio stations, I guess. Right. 1920s or something. Do you know what the first one was? Was it WSB in Atlanta? No, I'm talking about the first one in the country. No, I'm guessing New York, NBC. All right. Let me give you another little trivia since we're, since we opened this can of worms, okay. um, a little bit of trivia, you know, the difference in the uh, call numbers, you know, why there are some with K and some with W. No, Have you ever thought about that? Mm-mm. All right. So think of your famous W stations, obviously WSB for us here in Atlanta, WKRP in Cincinnati, which is a real oh, station. Yeah. Um, you know, a bunch of those things. Um, W denotes east of the Mississippi. K is west of the Mississippi. Really? Yeah. There huh. you go. Now you know. If there's ever a trivia question. Now, the, the crazy thing is the first commercial radio station mm-hmm. was KDKA in, in Pennsylvania. And it was in Pennsylvania and it started with a K. So that's the only one wow. that's kept its calls numbers. So there you go. WSB, uh, they've been around for, I think they just celebrated their 100th anniversary. Yeah. Last year, this year. Pretty, pretty much, you know, in the, in the infancies of radio. Yeah. Yeah. My grandfather Um, Garmin was born, my, he was born in 1920, my, my dad's dad. mm -hmm. So he would, he would be about that age. Yeah. Um, you know, and you got, um, WKLS Atlanta, um, which is the former, as we know at 96 rock back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started out as a jazz station. No way. Um, in Roswell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was up, their transponder was up on the hill in Roswell and, um, WKLS. I can't remember what it's the guy's names that started the radio station. They actually were able to get the call signs with their, like those initials are the names of the guys that started the radio station. Really? Um, yeah. I watched something on the history of 96 rock one time. Um, you can actually look it up on YouTube. It's really interesting. Were they ever in, they weren't ever an AM station, were they? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. No, okay. no. Um, and that was a big thing too. Like, you know, obviously the switch from AM to FM mm-hmm. was, you know, and we think of AM traditionally as just talk radio, sports radio, that kind of thing. And now there's sports and talk radio on FM, which in my book doesn't really belong there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like Steely Dan, talked about fm you know they had that song fm talking about no static at all because fm right. is frequent frequency modulation oh yeah and am is amplitude modulation no and the difference being the difference being that am has these massively high wave signals this wave it goes um basically it's height whereas as amplitude is up and down you know the up and down movement Whereas frequency modulation is from wave tip to wave tip or wave trough to wave trough. So frequency is that way. Frequency really, is horizontal mm-hmm. that way. So anyway, this is a lot of. You're really going into the technical of, stuff. Yeah. I did a lot of work because I was a radio. I had radio. I was focusing on radio in college. So 
um, before they got rid of the radio program and I had to just go to TV. So um, right. we had a lot of, uh, a lot of history classes about all this and a lot of technical classes because we were learning how to work in the studio as well. So it was a mm-hmm. lot of hands-on, which I feel very fortunate for the Hall School of Journalism at Troy. I'll plug them at Troy University in Alabama. Um, you know, they had a, a great hands-on studio thing. And that's, that's how I learned. I mean, you, you can learn in classes all you want, but until you get out there and actually do it, you know, but anyway, so radio has been one of those things that I know you and me both hold dear, um, in a, you know, growing up in this major, you know, radio market, I guess, um, that we've had our stations, you know, your Z93 back in the day, which was 92.9, um, 96 rock, uh, the old peach, (laughs) 94.9. Um, B98.5, which is the only one that still exists in its original name and format. I didn't realize that. And that yeah, you think about it. Um, other ones have moved around. You know, we had Fox 97, which is oldies. Um, that well. You know, and, and I know Randy of Randy and Spiff. I worked with him at another job, and it was it, it was fascinating to talk to him. He uh, had an interesting viewpoint on how badly the major market media companies have screwed up, you know, local radio stations. Um which is why him and Spiff left. Um, but then we had our WNNX, which was 99X, which is why it got those, it got that call sign WNNX 99X. Um, and it's, it retains that call, those call letters, but it's obviously Q100 now. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't have an opinion at all, but Right. There's a lot of things like that. A lot of things have you know evolved, and you just see in these major markets like Atlanta, New York, Chicago, L.A. If I was one of Swift. those, um, yeah. If I if I had one of those sophisticated computer sound things, I'd be like doing one of those. Um, which brings me to a question: like you know, back in the day, they would be there, and they would be like WS3 Radio Atlanta, you know. And I always wondered why they had that kind of weird, sort of bugsy, yeah. you know, kind of hello and welcome to Atlanta. You know, I always kind of wonder yeah. why they did that. If that was just sort of the how they, you know, was like the um, the media speaking voice of the day or what it was. Yeah, for some reason, it was just like one of those accepted things. And you know, it's nothing anybody said, hey, you have to do it this way. It just became commonplace. Right. Because my kind grandpa like how, did not talk that way at all. Because <laughs> kind of like how you, you, you know, you can tell when something's about to be a newscast by that news music. And it's all different, different songs or different tunes, but it sounds like news. You know, it's just that air of like, you know, it's like real serious. It's the same kind of thing. Any of the bumper music, which is what that's called. Oh, yeah. is done that way. And uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting being on kind of both sides of it, being in radio in college. And then, you know, obviously a lifelong listener because radio was always on. Um, You know, it's also one of those formats that I don't think is ever going to go away, Mm -hmm. you know. I think no matter, I mean, we're doing a podcast here and yes, podcasts are great, but radio is free. It's available. You know, it's always going to be there in some form or fashion. It'll change within itself, but I don't think the format's ever going to go away. I, um, well, the, the, after I got done talking about the, um, the old days of radio, which I mean, that bygone era, when I look back at it, I mean, it's easy to look at it as a, um, it's always easy to look at things as rose colored, I guess. And, you know, you look at it and it's a special time because from that period of whatever 19 early 1900s, say pre-World War one, 
mm-hmm. all the way up to like 1960. It's such a strange time to me because there was so much optimism and then there were so many hard times yet good times, bad times, right. the whole gamut kind of ran, you know, and I don't think that too many people had rose colored glasses necessarily, but there were so many industries had so much, so many cool things going on during that period. Like you think about the heyday of Walt Disney, um, you know, and he was a little bit in the, not necessarily broadcasting, but m- new mediums, you know, um, I guess you could call it with cartooning. Um, right. But anyway, um, anyway, I was moving on from there to think about Walter Cronkite. 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 Thank, you. Yes. Thank you, Cronkite. Um, yes, Walter Cronkite. <clears throat> and he was sort of like, I mean, if you ask me, do you, who else can you think of? besides Walter Cronkite from 1950 to 1980, I can't really think of anybody except maybe Chris Wallace's dad. What was his name? Um, the guy from Fox news, his dad. Um, oh, uh, Mike Wallace. Man, Mike Wallace was on a lot of stuff, but those are about the only two that I can think of. There's one more, you know, from um, that period. There's one more during mm-hmm. all the McCarthyism back in the day and all that. Edward R. Murrow is his name. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. He's signed off. Good night and good luck. Yeah, because that's a great talking, movie. Yeah, and it's a really and and does a good job portraying Edward R. Murrow because he was a wartime reporter and then he came home and he was just this. He would do these interview segments, and you know you can tell the time period if you watch the videos of it. Mm-hmm. It's like you know you just cigarette and smoke and all that. It's just a totally different era. Oh and, yeah, you know, he's inter- he's interviewing anybody and. He took on Senator McCarthy and during all that and did not relent. One of his assistants killed himself. I mean, it was bad. Oh you know, there was a lot of pressure back then. Imagine that. Um, and, you know, he's just one of those pioneers of radio, um, you know, aside from Marconi, who basically Marconi you know, invented it. Um, yeah. Marconi and his dealings with, you know, on the night of the Titanic, he's the one that received the distress call on the on the mainland u.s um you know there's a lot of you know really infancy like edward r murrow i think of when i think of the beginnings of like radio tv mm-hmm. um you know he wasn't necessarily as big on radio as he was television but at the same time it just kind of morphed that way and you got orson wells oh yeah um, orson wells he's a broadcaster got, well he was on the radio he did you know obviously plays on the radio basically you know your radio programs obviously you know war of the worlds was the you know the right. one of the, his biggest thing where people tuned in and didn't hear the disclaimer and thought it was really happening mm-hmm. um he did a really that was one of those pivotal moments in radio um and I, can't, I can't remember the guy's name who was broadcasting when the hindenburg blew up Ooh, but, you know you might know this oh go ahead the oh the humanity guy you know mm-hmm. um, I, I was going to ask um who do you know who moderated the kennedy nixon uh debate you know i should know that and i can't remember i was wondering uh, if it was pretty, one of those three we mentioned uh, i can't remember who it was um, because that people, are, people that are listening are probably screaming screaming I'll, i'm gonna look that up real quick yeah. that, that one was <clears throat> i've always heard that that one changed politics because that was the point where people cared more about looks necessarily than the content you were bringing to the table. 
Yeah, because, I mean, Nixon looked horrible. He was sweaty. He was nervous. Um, but mm-hmm. Kennedy looked amazing. And there's a, you know, there's a reason for that. Kennedy was confident. Kennedy knew what he was doing. Nixon was an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to say it like that. I mean, he just didn't, he was not that kind of person. Um, right. And I might compare that. I mean, I, you could compare that to 40 years later, however long it was, <clears throat> excuse me, when um, Bob Dole debated um, Bill Clinton. I mean, you hear yeah, you it's, had a, it's a, it's a good comparison. Know, yeah. An older guy that just didn't look like he was all together. And you had the younger guy that just smooth talker. Um, let me see. I'm still trying to look it up, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I would not by no means compare Clinton to, to Kennedy in any way, but I, it's, it's a, for that purpose, it's a good comparison. Yeah. Right. Well, um, to me, the one thing about Clinton is that, the guy could do a, a clinic on public speaking and yeah. how to talk so that people will listen to you. I mean, that yeah, manip- manipulation. Yeah. Know, <laughs> I mean, that's most politicians, I suppose, but, um, but I, I'm just saying as, as a guy that knows how to give the right inflection, the right, you know, Oh yeah. He was a great, you can orator. bring great attention. Orator, orator, yeah. Yeah. He was so. a, definitely a great order. I mean, um, I'm I'm still trying to look this up, but yeah. Um, no, that's all right. Anyway, I think, um, yeah, I think it's just it's interesting to. All right, let's see. Who well, I was going to go on though, um, but yeah, still let me know as soon as you find it. But from there, the Cronkite days, which by the way, if you, I think you may have seen it, but there's a there was an awesome DVD out there that I own where, um, not Cronkite, but um, Wallace. Um, he goes through the space program. Basically, it's it's old footage of him from the 60s talking about the space program, old footage of black and white and everything about, you know, the astronauts showing their preparation, getting ready for to do the launch, all oh, that yeah. stuff. It was re- it's really good. If you can find it out there, I don't know the name of it, but I do own it on DVD. And it's, it's easily a three hour plus DVD. Which I would, you know, highly recommend. But then Cronkite came, and somewhere, again, this is another trivia one. I don't know how long Cronkite lasted on the nightly news, but at some point during the 80s, the Peter Jennings, Tom Brokaw, and um, Dan Rather came in on the big three. And they, all three of them, were there for easily 20-plus years. Right. They were the nightly news. Oh, it's nobody you'd know. It's Bill Shadle. Okay from ABC news. Okay. And I, I, yeah, it wasn't anybody that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know it's, it's funny how the staying power of some of those guys, like if you think about Walter Cronkite, you know, we don't really know his full political opinion. Right. And that was the good. Exactly. It was good. Yeah. It's like, you know, he could give you the news and, you know, people could trust that source of news and and it was a lot of the personality he was very much you know that's the rest of the story that's how it was you know he's talking very much like this the whole time you know and he's a lot of things happened that he reported on like you're saying you know the moon landing was you know one of his most famous things where he actually got choked up took his glasses off you get to see him Mm -hmm. smiling and you know, you don't see that, unfortunately. Now, there are some that are like that. Right. There, um, 
Well, one of the things, comparisons that I gave of today, one of my favorite news shows that I watch, and I don't watch news all that much, mostly just check on. I mean, today you have the the internet. I mean, the I think the internet and just, you know, Fox News and CNN, they eventually kind of put those three networks out of business in some ways. I mean, they're still hanging on, but they go through, you know, nightly news hosts by the year. And so um, I like Brett Baer's show, uh, Special Report on Fox. I think that, um, you know, he, he, he calls it fair and balanced, you know, it can be debatable at times, I suppose. I don't know, but he kind of got that. He took that show over from, um, Brett Hume. Brett Hume. Thank you. And I always liked Brett Hume before him a lot. Me too. Just, I liked Brett Hume. Yeah. I'm with you. Brett Hume was very much like a Cronkite. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And it takes somebody that's kind of even keeled to do that show. Mm-hmm. And I think Which Brett does what, a pretty good job as his, yeah. you know, mentee. Yeah. Mentor-y. He's pretty plain. He's pretty mm-hmm. plain about it, you know? Whereas we know what we're going to get from Tucker Carlson and from Sean Hannity right. and Laura Ingram, which I like all of those guys. Um, Opinionated. And, and lady. Right. It's opinion, but it's what Fox is there for. Which is supposed, fine. Which, right. you know, because for years we didn't know it, but we had only one side of the news. And we finally get Fox around for a little while anyway. Mm-hmm. And even though it was, they said fair and balanced, they really meant that they're balancing out the other side that's always been that way. And, and it was fine. You know, we finally had a station we could you know rely on for a little while. And if you watch another thing, if you watch Newsmax and one American news, they've got very much, very much a few of those kind of people on there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your, you've got your opinion pieces, which are good. And we mostly, you know, we know who we agree with, who we don't. And then, well, and then there's one American news is very much like a headline news type thing during the day. Right. Because they they have hosts come on, but they're they're talking about the headlines, right? And it's uh, the pacing is really good on One America, and that's the if I turn on the news, I'm watching them. Um, but I don't really do that much anymore. I get all mine from the internet, but right. um, most of us do from you know better sources than that. So I mean, One America is great. They're they're obviously you know on top of it, and they and they also aren't afraid and aren't swayed by people, which is a lot of what you're seeing in the news now that people don't report those um biting you know things because they're too afraid of getting sued these days which is mm. not journalism and that's one of the things we talked about in, in class you know if it bleeds it leads you you put it out there you know if it's not a clear and present danger to the country it gets right. reported period and well, for better yeah. or for worse and that, I, and that happens mm-hmm. you know and that that's kind of the point like you could trust a cronkite cronkite had that kind of the cadence and the demeanor yeah, that calmed people. He was a very calming person, and it's like you said. Aside from a few, it's it's hard to find. Those. Well, my really thing is. has always been, you know, I don't care if it's Donald Trump. I don't care if it's, and I don't not to get into politics, but I don't care if it's Donald Trump. I don't care if it's Biden, Obama, George Bush. If they say something good, tell me what they said that was good. If they said something bad, tell me something they said bad. If they exactly. made a mistake, tell me what the mistake was. If they right. made, if they did something that was admirable, tell me what it was admirable. But oh. don't mix in your com- your own commentary or your own uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Editorial agenda. agenda. Or even a edit. Don't editorialize it if that's not that's your it. job. You know? Agenda. Yeah, that's what that is. That's an agenda. Yeah, and yeah. unless it's an editorial type show, which we're expecting. Absolutely. But, you can be a, you, know, you can be a leftist editorial. That, that's fine. 
and Whatever. you'll have two people listening to you. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, I actually used to like Hannity and Combs because I did like that. They sort of went back and forth at each other. Yeah. But it was kind Combs of a, stood, Combs stood no chance against Hannity ever. Well, I'm like, that was just the most, but it, you know, I, I like, enjoyed the show, but uh, yeah. I, and, well, and the thing is too, like Alan Combs would tell you Hannity was one of his best friends when he, I mean, obviously, you know, rest in peace, Alan Combs, but um, right. you know, he was, he would talk about Hannity as a friend you know, back when you, you know, we, we could disagree on things and be friends. Um, well, civil discourse just, is the uh, the key term I think we're looking for there is that, you know, yes, we yes, don't exactly. want to lose sight of civil div- discourse on either right. end of any Agreed. spectrum or the center right. for that matter. Right. Cause it's not, you know, and the problem is it's hard because it, it slips into what they call, and this is a technical term, yellow journalism, where it's, it's a it's a nicer term for fake news. It's it's where you can obviously tell they have an agenda. They're being they're being told what to say, or they're just going to say the same thing everybody else says. And it's a lot of times you see that where it's these common statements and common phrases that everybody puts in. And it's just not journalism. That's just it, it's at that point it's infotainment, um, and it's hard it's hard to to walk a line these days between that. Mm. So you get people that get under people's skin. Guess what? That's journalism. You know, it's supposed to be that way. You know, we're the country of the Washington Post. We're the country of, mm. you know, these these people, these, you know, your Woodward and Bernsteins, your, you know, those kind of people who we may not agree with politically, but they shaped how journalism was supposed to be. It's supposed to be biting. It's supposed to be get under the skin. It's supposed to hurt. It's supposed to step on people's toes. That's that's how it that's how you get those stories. And, and we've lost that bite to where you can give that to a, a very um even keeled person like a Cronkite and he can tell you in a way that's like, ah, now we know what's really going on. You know, there's just that we we're missing that calming voice, I think um, well, on, on TV anyway, on TV. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. I, um, I was going to go on from that to, um, and I'm not trying to make this all about this. I want to move on, but um, yeah. from the seventies and eighties, you know, Rush Limbaugh stepped in the picture. Rest Correct. Peace, Rush Limbaugh. Yep. He yep. stepped in the picture and sort of changed the whole dynamic. To me, he was sort of like the first part that sort of changed that dynamic mm-hmm. of what, how, and the way different ways people got their their news. I mean, like him or not. <clears throat> excuse me. Even if I was a if I was a leftist journalist, I would have to appreciate what Rush Limbaugh did as an exactly. entrepreneur in business. You know, just the fact mm-hmm. that he went from nothing to being, you know, the head talking point for the uh, Republican conservative party. Right. And, you know, and it's not that anybody appointed him. He just became that organically. Right. Exactly. As, as and, it should be. And then Fox news came in the late nineties and then um, that kind of, but anyways, that sort of um, went on from it. And then you had the other talking heads that went out there and which eventually led, I guess, to the late, 2000s-ish, 2008-ish or so, when people started doing more and more podcasting. But my point of it, of all that was sort of, if you didn't have all those guys that did everything they did, the Walter Conkite and, you know, the Rush Limbaugh's and the uh, Don Imus and um, yep. who am I? Hon- who am I honestly, and yeah. honestly, the shock rock, the shock people too. Yeah, yeah. Howard yeah. Stern, for that matter. Howard Stern. Howard James Stern, Ray. yeah. You know, I mean. If you didn't you know, have all had, those we guys. We had the Neil yeah. Bortz. You know, um, yeah, I mentioned Neil Bortz as well. He was he was actually before, you know, um, Rush, Rush, and he used to call Rush the Godfather. Yep. Which you know, to me, Rush and Neil are a lot different. <laughs> I mean, 
Bortz is a total libertarian. And so his opinions and rush would not be the same. But I think a lot of people out there, if they didn't look into it, they might have said, oh, there's there. They had the same ideologies. Not not necessarily. They had the same kind of forceful delivery style. (laughs) It's like that's what, you know, people forget um, that a lot of that, you know, when it comes down to it, when you get common sense people in there talking, a lot of that's going to be literally common. Like they may not agree technically, politically, as we pigeonhole people, but right. at the same time, they share a lot of common beliefs that, oh. you know. So. I thought I thought the other guy that I liked a lot, dude, I haven't taken the time to listen to him a lot, was, uh, I mean, anybody that, that knew somebody that was probably, they're, they're probably 70-year-old or 80 years old now, Paul Harvey. Right. I mean, Paul oh, Harvey gosh. was like. Paul Harvey, yeah. The rest of the story. <laughs> you probably know man. more about him than I do, but. Oh my gosh. Well, I, the only reason I know is because we had a, a teacher, uh, coach Davison in, in high school. And that's what he would play for us in the mornings. He was our homeroom teacher and he would play those things. And we all wanted to get there to hear whatever Paul Harvey really? was. I mean, we were a bunch of high school kids that we, it just was so intriguing. That's cool. And again, had that calming delivery style that, yeah. And now it's the rest of the story. You he know, it's just been a Southerner, but I don't remember. I don't know. And, and then you've got Garrison Keeler. Mm-hmm. with Lake Wobegon tales, Garrison Keeler, you know, um, that's entertainment and that's definitely very Northern Midwestern, you know, your Minnesota kind of on that, but every region kind of has their, their people, you know, and it's, it's a unique, I love the, I love that medium. I love radio for that reason, because it's, it's, it's very much a cultural thing. Well, we wouldn't have it, you know, I don't think we'd have the, I mean, podcasts might be around. I don't know. Well, hey, they wouldn't be around. I guess there was no Steve Jobs, but you know, if, uh, if it weren't for those guys and the influence that they had, you know, I don't think the podcast, the Howard Stearns, even, you know, this is something that a lot of, I heard some sports guys talking shortly after Rush died, that sports talk radio would be nothing without Rush. You know, they would, they probably wouldn't even be around if it weren't for Rush Limbaugh, you know, people like, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Colin Cowherd, who I like, you know, I kind of like listening to Colin because he's, he's like you said, a forceful figure that, that does a good job of an, analyzing right. things. And yeah. um, <clears throat> um, some of the local new, um, some of the local sports guys in Atlanta, they do a pretty good job as far as their broadcasting ability, but came from all that. Anyway, what else is on your mind, Jason? You want me to give you some topics? Just a topic out there, or any know? other uh, final thoughts on the uh, broadcast? Well, I just uh, you know I, when you go yeah. into sports casting, you know you've got to think about your teams. You know right. you got to think about your your people that call the teams you love. I mean, we had Skip Carey, um, we had Don Sutton, all these guys rest in peace. We had the great Ernie Johnson to me, who is always to me my childhood voice of the Braves. He's my um, favorite. You know, I he he because it was my childhood and, and the dad always listened to the Braves. It was like, you get these great announcers, but then you got Joe Garagiola, you know, um, and Joe you've Garagiola. got, you know, and you've got, um, uh, what's his name that was in movies. Um, I can't, he was a catcher. can't remember his name right now. But he, about, yeah. he said the best way to catch a knuckleball is to wait till it stops rolling and pick it up. Um, but uh, I cannot remember that guy's name. But anyway, you know, you got these people that are just these icons and uh, obviously, you know, you're Harry Carey and, and Chicago Cubs. I mean, come on. 
Hey, it doesn't get, <laughs> it doesn't get more iconic than that. You know, it's a shame mm. he didn't live to see them become world champions, mm. but you know, to me, that's, that's part of it. That's originally what, honestly, Gene, that's originally what I wanted to do when I went, when I figured out my major in college was I was going to call sports games, really? you know, ba- baseball games. Mainly. You wanted to be a baseball announcer. I never knew that. I know yeah. you for 20 years um, and I didn't know that. That was, I mean, it was, it didn't last long. Um, you know, and yeah. I called, you know, I, I, you know, wanted to, to do that, but it just, I realized I didn't have the statistical knowledge that I needed. Like my friend, Sam, who was a broadcast major at Jacksonville state. Mm-hmm. And now is the, I, I don't know what you call him, but chief historian for the Braves. Um, but he never got into broadcasting either. So he never did it. No, he worked, he went straight to working for the Braves organization. Um, <clears throat> yeah. so uh, you know, that's to me, when I think about, I think about radio, I, it automatically goes to baseball announcers. Yeah. You yeah. got football announcers, you got your, you know, those people, but they're mostly TV. You think radio, you think baseball, you know? Um, but anyway, there well, we go. Yeah. It's history goes way further back too with broadcasting. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, um, I agree. I love the, um, like I, to this day, I don't do it as much, but I like, I always like just listening part of the fun of watching a baseball game was listening to the conversation with the broadcasters in addition yep. to just watching the game itself. Um, you know, yep. Um, and, you, and you remember, I, I just, I remember my dad sometimes getting so frustrated with the TV announcers. He just turned off and turn on the radio <laughs> while we're watching the TV, but turn the radio broadcast on. So, you know, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, um, there was, uh, during my work day, I can listen to a lot of podcasts or, you know, different, um, whatever that come on. I listen to Joe Rogan some and, um, he's okay. I mean, some of his talk about long form interviews, my gosh, that guy does three hour interviews sometimes. And I watched a really interesting one. I'd seen this guy a while back, but have you ever heard of the guy named Daryl Davis? Hmm. He doesn't ring a bell is a very, I mean, this guy was fascinating because, um, he's an African-American guy. Uh, I want to say from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Okay. And, um, he has a very interesting story. He's a musician, musician by trade. Um, he does the boogie woogie. He has, he actually has a song. I don't know if he's the original artist, but called the boogie woogie man. And, um, he does the whole Jerry Lee Lewis kind of, um, rockabilly oh that style uh, yeah yeah he does that style um he to me he kind of reminds me a little bit of fast domino uh, in a way mm. but uh he had him on the show and his story that's not his story though even though he's an accomplished musician you know i, I can't remember where he went to college he was a he was a music right. major in college and um he is known for befriending people that are in the Ku klux klan Oh, that's and why I kind of heard that name. Not okay. only does he do that, but he like he didn't do this. He he's befriended people in the Ku Klux Klan, and is actually um, by befriending some of them, they renounced and left the Ku Klux Klan. Um, they became his friend, and you know saw a different light, if you will, and decided to you know leave. It's just very interesting to hear yeah. him talk about you know, these, inter- these interactions and counters that he had with the Ku Klux Klan. And, you know, yeah. it, it's just very fascinating to watch. Yeah, um, that is fascinating. Yeah. But, um, 
And I mean, it's like a three hour episode, but just to hear what he had to say. And there's another one that I saw recently where he talked to Elon Musk. He had a couple of those, but that was, that guy's quite interesting. <laughs> as, as most uh, genius guys are, they're always a little quirky and uh, that's just how it is. Well, I'm not sure Howard Hughes was that way too. I mean, all of them are a little strange. They do some yeah. of the, they do some of the great work in the, in, in our, history but they're they're strange people (laughs) i didn't know he had asperger's apparently he does yep yep he said that on saturday night live i saw his um it's a mild a mild asperger's yeah that's i didn't know that that's that's pretty cool but that he's you know accomplished so much despite uh you know i I guess you i don't know if you call that disability but um i mean it it is um but i don't think it's yeah it's one of those high functioning ones so Mm mm-hmm <clears throat> well so what are you listening to these days music wise music wise oh man uh my problem is during the day when i'm working from home anyway um and we're not doing our hybrid in the office you know thing like i was today and tomorrow and tomorrow um i'll watch you know documentaries in the you know in the background and stuff so i've been watching a lot of music documentaries um uh, i watched the music. Uh, well, that, you know, the classic album series that I told you about, then there's, you know, Rush document. I love Rush, but um, I watched one on a certain streaming network, which is not paying you, so I'm not going to say it, um, called Long Strange Trip. And you can imagine it's about the Grateful Dead. Mm. And, dude, I, I've always kind of liked some of their stuff. But man, you you dive into it and realize that Jerry Garcia started out as a bluegrass player, and you can tell when you listen to their music that it's very much bluegrass. It's kind of like the group, the band, mm-hmm. but more difficult to play. You don't realize how complex their music is, you know, just from a, a musical complexity standpoint. Um, you've got all these guys on the stage that are excellent at what they do, but we think of them as oh, you think of the people that follow them, the Deadheads, and all that. You know, we 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 have this preconceived notion of them because of their fans, basically. Um, you know, they had hits, but I mean, obviously the biggest hit came in the '80s, which was odd. Uh, Touch of Gray, but wow. the only song they have a video for. Um, and you know, we think of you know Casey Jones mm-hmm. trucking, you know, those songs like that but you listen to it and you listen to some of their deeper cuts and it's just like, wow, it's almost like bluegrass kind of not that they're sharing, you know, not that they're have anything to do with faith, but it sounds very bluegrass church kind of music. Some of it does. I mean, me and a good friend of mine were listening to it recently, my friend Keith, you know, and uh, we were like, wow, that sounds like an old hymn, like out of the red hymnal, the old hymnals back in the day, you know, with shape notes. Right. So it, it, it just gave me a better, a greater appreciation. So I've kind of delved into a little bit of their deeper cut stuff. Hmm. And I mean, some of them, you know, are, are kind of like early, you know, early rush music where it was, you know, you almost think, does this song the whole side of the album? Like, holy cow, this thing goes on forever. Cause they're a jam band, mm-hmm. you know, like your fish or your, you know, any of those kind of groups, but Allman Brothers was like that too in concert. You know, a song would go on for thirty minutes that was only really nine minutes on the radio. So yeah, yeah. I just I got a I've got a better a greater appreciation for them, um, for what they did. You know, for music and yeah, diving into the Grateful Dead. I would not have guessed that. No, and I mean, like I said, if you listen to the music, 
it's very country sounding. It is. I mean, it's not. Yeah, some of it was very 60s, you could tell. But then it kind of got out of the psychedelic and got more into the country kind of, mm-hmm. even though they're not from the South, kind of a Southern Rocky kind of sound. Well, that was um, a whole deal. And, um, you know, if you remember in California where like the, um, gosh, uh, eight miles high. Oh, the birds. Yeah, yeah, the birds, the birds, the eagles. They they sort of adopted the country the genre. Flying Burrito Brothers. Yeah, all those mm-hmm. groups. Um, it was sort of like they gave a um, a country twist to their rock, if you will. Uh, yeah. Or I mean, you music. got the people that morphed out of that, the Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Young at the time, because mm-hmm. they got Neil Young to come from Buffalo Springfield. Right, Buffalo um, Springfield's another, yep. To, yeah, and that's where Neil Young was, and that's when he got recruited into Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Mm-hmm. Um and that's why they have that very like, but it's tight harmonies. I mean, like Grateful Dead is the same way. It's just these tight harmonies. A lot of them came out of that San Francisco right. scene. Hate Ashbury. Yeah, the Hate Ashbury, which I've walked through. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of that. Um, it's unfortunate that a lot of it's turning into like high end shops, which is really unfortunate um, for <laughs> history wise because it's taken away some of the charm. Yeah. Because um, you'll go, <laughs> you'll go from like cool little eateries to obviously head shops. And then, like your high-end clothing store, it's like that does not fit here with the mm-hmm. smells and the sounds I'm hearing. You know, um, so would you go to a Grateful Dead, uh, Dead and Company concert if they came to Atlanta? Uh, John Mayer annoys me, so no. Oh, he annoys um, me. Oh, I, heard he, I heard he does a good job sitting. <laughs> oh, he does a good job filling in for Jerry, Jerry's part, which is what he's doing mm-hmm. uh, because Bob Weir and all them are still there. Um, I, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, eh, yeah. Probably not because it, 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 all right. It's kind of how they say, like, some people are encapsulated in a time, right? Like, say, you know, if Robert Plant and then went off again touring, he cannot hit notes anymore. He admits that. To me, I don't think I would go see them, but I wouldn't be expecting anything. It's Zeppelin, so it's always going to be great, but, you know, nothing of what we're used to hearing. Um, and that's kind of how I feel like when a member of a band dies, you know, like when the Eagles, I get what they were doing, bringing Vince Gill out. Great, great choice. You know, cause for that matter, um, pure Prairie league was from that same kind of mm-hmm. Southern rock sound, um, country, Southern rock. Um, and so he fit into the Eagles thing. Great idea to, to bring him on the Southern for Glenn Fry, but it's not the Eagles, you know, it's not, it's just not, there's, there's a certain time when like, or if you're the freaking Rolling Stones, you're just, you know, they're just going to turn off lights when everybody's dead and, and lock the doors, you know, cause somehow I'm like, good gosh. How do they keep you going? Know? Well, how do they keep going? I mean, a, you're 60 years, you know, like we'll good. make that a whole, we'll make rock a whole but, topic. Well, what know. I'm saying, like, you know, that, the hate Asbury scene, you know, everybody makes fun of the old hippie stuff and some of the best music of our history came out of there and out of Laurel Canyon in LA. You it know, was created, just, no doubt about that. Those two things are some of the best music and some of the stuff that people will still be listening to a hundred years from now. That's the key mm-hmm. is that staying power. And I think grateful Dead has that, you know, they think got, that's, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, so. I think that's part of the reason the Beatles have staying power and that oh, people exactly. will be listening to them a hundred years from now. Oh, exactly. Because yeah. I mean, they, they changed music, they changed music, their music. Yes. It's encapsulated in that time frame, mm-hmm. but not in a, Oh gosh, I don't want to listen to that again. Now I'm not a fan of their bubblegum pop stuff from the early days. I'm more a fan of the later Beatles. But it was their foundation. It was their fa- like a lot of people's like the Beach Boys. Love the Beach Boys. Their stuff got kind of crazy later too. 
people don't realize that, you know, good vibrations didn't come around in 1962. You know, it came out on smile, smiley smile later. And then you look at pet sounds, Lord, you want to trip on the music. I'm like, Ooh, you know, <laughs> like, All right, Jason, some... we got to We got to save this for our, for our rock but, yeah. special. We're talking well, that's what I'm saying. The... When it comes to listening, I, it, it made me grateful that kind of made me realize other aspects of music that I love more. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, that's, you know, that's important. That's good. Like the crossover artists, you know, they're, you know, their foundations in something else, but they try this and it works. Um, mm-hmm. And you realize that. Yes, he was messed up. Yes, he was strange, but the world lost an artist when they lost Jerry Garcia. I mean, it really did. And, you know, it's, it's sad. And I can't believe, believe it or not, he died in 96. I thought it was later than that. He died way back in 1996. Hmm. Um, and they were on tour at the time. So they had to stop it. And, you know, and you kind of encapsulate people. You like, you look at Bob Weir, who's a guy you may, may know or may not. He's one of the other founders, but he looks like, you know, just your regular guy. And he comes out in 96 and he kind of still looks like he did in the sixties. Now when they show the, we forget how long ago 1996 was because they show the show now in the documentary. It's like, wow, people have gotten older, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't, think yes, they it's, do. it's hard. It's hard for me to think of bands these days having that kind of staying power, I guess. Oh, yeah. um, that because there's a lot of those foundation things. I think there were many foundations of, of that, but I think, you know, the, the dead came around at the right time. Like one of my favorite songs for them is ripple. Just awesome mm-hmm. song. Definitely a very '60s song, but it's on the it's on um, American Beauty that album, which has like three or four hits. It's got Sugar Magnolia, it's got Friend of the Devil, um, Box of Rain, which is another good one, and it's got Truckin' on it. Hmm. Um, so I bought that album on vinyl a while back. Like I found an original copy that was really good condition. I paid a decent amount for that, and that was forty dollars for that original copy, just because that that got so worn out that <laughs> there's not many copies of vinyl left mm-hmm. that were original so that's that's mainly what it, it you also realize you can put it on in the background and it's peaceful music it's not like something you're gonna go oh crap i better turn this down no it's already kind of chill so you don't really need anything like i think about it as kind of either road trip type music where you just want to kind of chill or it's backyard hanging out with a bunch of people music um and those who want to follow me on a certain streaming network, you know, that starts with an S and ends with Potify. Um, <laughs> Potify. Uh, no pun intended with a Grateful Dead. But um, I, I have a playlist on there called Just Relax, and I've got one called Backyard. And it's got, they both have about seven hours of music on them. And Backyard has a lot of that kind of same feel of things in it. And there's do, a lot you of actually, do you have followers like people that will yes. subscribe to your playlist? Yeah. How many people do you have? I don't know. Probably a couple hundred. Really? On there. Um, a lot Maybe of I need people to do I know. That. Maybe I need to do that. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and, and you can follow me too. You can see some of my playlists, you know, it's like, I, yeah, I, well, I have Spotify. I don't pay for it for the premium. Maybe, that's, what, to... that's how you get, are able to get people to oh, follow you. Okay. So, so you just pay for it. It's worth, I've, I've loved it. I've worked. It's worth every penny. How much is it? Oh, it's like seven dollars a month, nine dollars a month, nothing, not much. Mm-hmm. But yeah. anyway, it's good. It's good for you. It, it allows obviously it's ad free for that price too, and you also get a lot of the pod, 
podcasts that are on there and a lot of the radio station, other things that are on Hmm. Spotify. Anyway, it's just, but you look at that and I I think about that and I think about, you know, most of us ain't grateful that we think VW bus, we think smell a pot, you know, body odor and hippies. Um, But I listen to it and I'm like, this is an American band. This is one of those bands that you could call probably, and I'm going out on a limb here, Gene. You could call them one of the, I would say when I think of a a band for America, they're probably in the top 10, top 15. Interesting. Because because of their effect. Because of their effect and what they did for music. I put the doors in there as well. Yeah. Um for that time frame. Like you almost gotta do it by decade, but I you know, I, I think obviously the Beach Boys is top. Um and but we'll do that one day. I was I'm gonna, just saying, like yeah, that's why that's why the dead to me kind of has you know, that kind of thing. And, and, you know, they came up with that name just by looking in the dictionary when that's actually a term, the grateful dead mm-hmm. um, in there. Um, that's how they came up with the name. It didn't have anything else to do with anything else. They were just kind of tripping on something and probably, you know, they were involved in all that acid test stuff back I in the day. I did not know that. The, the um, MK ultra tests kind of stuff like they did for the military. They had a guy that was doing it in San Francisco, obviously in the Haight-Ashbury area. And mm-hmm. a lot of people came in there and tripped on acid for testing purposes to see what would happen. Like people would record what they're doing and would talk to them and all that stuff while they're tripping. So. Well, when I think of the grateful dead to me, like bands like them, to me, they sort of just became a, um, I'm about to wrap it up here in a minute, but um, they sort of became the, um, what do you want to call it? Jam band slash touring people following band over right. time like to me they probably were never more meaning to do anything but then just be like crosby stills nash and young like, that's all they care to really be is just a band that plays good music that they like and, and over that's time, exactly what they yeah, yeah so and if, it grew you, if you watch that that documentary is good you should watch the documentary it's really good long strange trip is what it's called and it's yeah. on a it's on a certain thing that starts with an a and ends with a mazan um <laughs> but uh rhymes with so, samasan right so that's exactly anyway. what Jerry was in. Jerry did not want to be famous. They didn't want to do that. They were the yeah. beatnik people, the the Jack Kerouac, you know, we're sitting in a smoky coffee house, writing music kind of people. Um, and it just kind of happened. Um, Anybody I think that wants to develop their craft. And that's the problem with, again, a topic for another day, but <laughs> anybody that wants to develop their craft, whether you be an actor or a singer, songwriter, you know, carpenter, um, animator, a, you know, um, mechanic, you're not doing it. You don't get it. You shouldn't get into it because you want to become famous. No, it's kind of like the Instagram influencer. They're doing that because they want to be famous. Right. They think there's no actual craft going on. Right. Yeah. But like, you know, Elvis did not get into it because he wanted to be the Elvis, the slick Elvis of the late sixties and seventies. He got into it because he loved playing rock and roll music. And, and originally yeah, and, yeah. and gospel originally, you know, yeah. I'm like, yeah. So it's like, yeah, I agree. All right. Um, so I'm fa- okay. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah, going to wrap it up unless you had any other last points about that. Uh, Germans love David Hasselhoff. They do indeed. Um, so I'm going to steal something from another podcast that I've Uh-oh. been watching lately and um, <laughs> semi steal it. I'm sure they probably stole it from somebody. Every artist, every uh, poet is a thief, right? Um, true. true. 
or what is, what is that line? There's a U2 song. He said, like, every artist is a cannibal. Every poet is a thief or something. Ah, like yeah. It's a good line. Uh, yeah. I'll kill their inspiration and sing about the grief. Um, mm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So that, mm-hmm. that wasn't the theft. Okay. It's another. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's, um, he, they called it something else, but this is essentially, um, I've turned it into something that basically says, um, but what have you, uh, what have you bought recently? Like in the last two weeks, like name something that you've bought that you liked that you bought. Oh, gosh. It could be in the last month. It could be, I mean, if you hadn't bought anything in two months, it could be that, but whatever it be some sort of trick. <laughs> I like gas. Gas makes my car go. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I don't know. Um, that's a hard one. That's a, that's a tough question. Um, really? So not gas, not ammo, not, um, well, maybe I should do it. Um, maybe we'll do it this way because we, we could do it that way, but their thing, they call it, what's your thing? And I'll call it, we could say, what did, what did you, what have you bought recently? Or what have you, uh, what's like your newest, uh, toy thing that you're doing or whatever. Ah, uh, well, I'm restoring two console radios, a uh, console stereo things from the sixties, seventies. Okay. Um, the ones that used to be like pieces of furniture in a, in a room mm-hmm. that had the turntables and stuff on them. Uh, one of them looks very mid-mon. The other one is more like the traditional one, but they're not Victorian. They're very mid-century looking. Um, and uh, I'm going to be adding Bluetooth to them, a hidden Bluetooth switch um, to kind of create them. So I've been, I've been buying a few random turntables actually uh, trying to kind of think if I'm going to cannibalize them to make the other ones work. So honestly, vinyl, there we go. Flat out vinyl. Yeah. That well, that's vinyl, one of your, that's one of your major hobbies. Vinyl is one of my things. I've made some money off of it. You know, I've done, I've bought and sold, but I don't buy to sell normally. I buy cause it's something I want and I love original pressing stuff. So I've got a lot of things. I got all original pressing Van Halen. I've got all original pressing. I got a bunch of original pressing U2 now. Um, I've got all of, which is hard to find, by the way, um, especially Joshua Tree. That was extremely hard to find. Um, and, you know, I've got a bunch of that. I've got a bunch of, uh, you know, obviously all the Rush albums, all those kind of things. Um, I was just going to say something simple. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I bought a um, a battery for my uh, my camera. Yeah. So that um, it's basically one of those. I didn't know that you could do this. I was trying to figure out how to get my battery to stop failing on me. And I found a um, a thing that has a dummy battery. And then you plug in the uh, ba- the power cord into the dummy battery into the phone so that you got full power every time. You don't have to worry about a battery dying on you. So that was the thing mm-hmm. that I bought. So now that you the image that you're seeing is from my um, my camera. And it hasn't died because it's been plugged into power, my power no. cord. Not, so it's like a, it, it fits in the battery spot, but it's a dummy battery. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have a, I don't know where the, the box is for it, but yeah, basically. And, and there's a little hole in there and you just plug your, um, the little oh, prong. That's a helpful thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's real helpful. If you have a, um, if you have a um, DSR um, SLR camera and you want to be able to have it without the battery dying on you and, and buying, you know, five batteries. So. Right. Anyway, so I forget right. those little, yeah, USB rechargeable batteries. Yeah. Well, Jason, uh, I guess uh, unless there's anything else you want to do, we'll wrap it up. Uh, that'll be it, man. No, no other things to say. I'm glad your date went well. 
Good night um, and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us today on uh, Talk of the Now podcast. So long. Bye.